Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans across the nation and around the world. This is Tim May with the Tim May Show. And once again, we're going to jump right into it, man. Uh, up here in the cockpit with me, uh, my able-bodied co-pilot. You've seen him on many times. You'll see him on many times from now. Uh, Matt Wilhelm, former Ohio State linebacker, former NFL linebacker, national championship linebacker with the 2002 Ohio State football team. Welcome back to the Tim May Show, my man. It's great to be here, Tim, and uh, great to be talking about another exciting Buckeye victory. Absolutely. Uh, it's just cool. Uh, you know, I try to stay pretty damn objective. But, man, when you see a team kind of come into its own, you know what I mean? Like, I watched you guys do this in 2002. And, you know, like, we've talked about many times when I've had you on here, the you know, just the heart attack games, the cardiac kids, whatever you want to call it, you guys were in 2002. This team, I think, this 2023 team is slowly but surely finding its way, finding its stride. And uh, once again, they knock off a, a top 10 opponent, uh, Penn State, in Ohio Stadium. Ohio State stays number three in the country. But I uh, wanted to jump right into it with you, Matt. Uh, really good. I've got you on this week, too. We scheduled this several weeks ago. People don't know this. This didn't just fall out of the sky luck for me. But uh let me just ask you straight up, is is this defense getting close to, if not uh, silver bullet worthy? It, it, it absolutely is. And I think that, uh, to, you know, to your point, talking about, you know, it's, it's comparison to 2002, uh, a lot of people think, and it's, you know, the hiring of Jim Knowles is now also in year two, the same way that Mark D'Antonio brought in by Jim Tressel, you know, our year two. Uh, was that 2002 national championship team. And there's something to be said about um, guys maturing in the system, coaches learning about guys, putting guys in certain situations, uh, you know, that in the, you know, the past they probably weren't ready for, that they're now ready for. They're, I'm sure there's calls, you know, that Jim Knowles wish he had back from last year or would have changed. And that's all through the, the evaluation process of having a year together under your belt. And I thought you saw that in 2002 with D'Antonio, with how good we were on a very senior-laden, uh, senior-led football team. Uh, but also it takes those young guys, which, which we have a mixture of, and we can get into some of them. You know, the, the, the Matthews, the corner kid, you know, played great for us. Um, you know, unexpected, but thrown in there, and you never and it didn't miss a beat. Um, but I do, to answer your question, I do think they're, they're on the cusp of embracing the silver bullet defense. And so much of that has to do with uh, the inability of the opposing team to score touchdowns. Right. Yes. And the flying and the flying around and making the, the big hits and the big plays and the pass breakups. 
And I think, uh, you know, as we talked earlier in the season, even against some, you know, uh, you know, non-worthy opponents, non-top 10 opponents, uh, yeah. I was asking That's to better see way more. Of yeah, yeah, go yeah, ahead. There you go. Uh, uh, non, uh, yeah, exactly. Right. I just, I think I saw more, more playmaking ability from our, our front four or front five, you know, when we, when we bring five, I was uh, extremely critical of I'll say Jack Sawyer and uh, JT uh, Tumiolau, if that's how you say it. Tumiolau, but that's close enough. Just don't call him. There you go. Fast rush. Yeah, exactly. Um, But you, you saw the impact that when those guys are playing their best, and I hope they continue playing with a chip on their shoulder you know, because they're playing for a lot now currently uh, on the Ohio State defense. But for both of those guys, you know, if they happen to leave, they're playing for their, you know, the draft. You know, they're putting out good film for the NFL draft uh, being, you know, uh, draft eligible this year. But I thought uh, one other last thing that I'll talk about before we get into, you know, your next uh, topic is our defense seems to be making plays when we need them. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. It makes and total I think sense. All, all, all good defenses – you know, whether it's a turnover, whether it's the pass breakup, whether it's the sack force fumble, whether it's, the, you know, the sack uh, or the, the stopped run, whatever it happened to be, it's they step up and make it when they're in that position. And I think for the longest time, there was a lot of inconsistency about, you know, even against that team up north, it was like, oh, it's third and three and they go get four to continue the drive that ends up in a touchdown. You know, but had we stopped them and forced a punt, and we give that football back to C.J. Stroud, you don't know what could happen. And I think the defenses that we're alluding to that we, you know, give the moniker silver bullet defenses all did that. And I think they're, they're on the cusp of showing it. They showed it, you know, very well. I thought they made a, you know, a five-star quarterback who's in year two in his system and drew Aller, you know, kid from up this way in Medina um, looked rudimentary uh, from the level of football that he was playing at. And that has to do with Knowles' ability to rush for drop seven and give him unique looks, force him to throw the football down the field, which I think we saw, you know, we heard Joel Platt say throughout the broadcast a lot. And then I think it's all going to also come down to is, is taking away the run and forcing that other, the team on the other side to have to throw the football where I think it plays into our hands a little bit at this point with, with where our defense is at. Yeah. Uh, all of that is true. I mean, but you know, it always starts just like with you guys in 2002, man, that front four was you know, and the way you guys were able to apply pressure at certain points in games and stuff, Will Smith and and uh, all those guys, uh, Darren, Darren Scott, all those guys. Gosh, uh, Simon, Simon, Simon Frazier. Oh, Simon and, Frazier. Know, yeah. Yeah, just, and I mean, all the guys were, yep. It just changes the way the other team has to play. It makes a regularly cool quarterback a little frantic, you know. And then on top of that, you know, I, I think looking back now, I think you have to agree, most people agree, you know, Penn State is not replete with superstar guys at wide receiver, and Ohio State exposed that also. You know, guys they did. were not getting open, and that was a part about that Penn State team that got all this talk going into the game about maybe this is James Franklin's best team. I don't, I don't agree with that. I think it maybe could be, but it was lacking in some areas. But, but the other talk that was going on was how, uh, you know, there were several people nationally talking about how average if below average the Ohio State secondary was and how it was playing I'm going wait a minute what games are you guys what games are you guys watching or did you did you read one of your buddies uh write that did you read what he wrote and you decided to write the same thing or say the same thing because you're not paying attention Josh Proctor is playing on another level he's playing on that level always anticipated he would he would 
play on five years ago when he showed up at Ohio State. Uh, and like you just said, Jermaine Matthews gets his first start freshman at corner in place of Denzel Burke, who didn't get to play. Maybe Ohio State's best, maybe best also, defensive player, but definitely best uh, back back end player. And what I loved well. also see, yeah. what I also loved seeing was, uh, and and it's again, it's it's a maturity and a progress as the season goes on. But uh, you know, Davison Igbenosen, when he's target been targeted, it's it's been an easy pass interference penalty, which is an automatic first down for a lot of offenses. So. Uh, yeah. Penn State couldn't take advantage of that. It's it's a it's a couple of things. It's Igbenosen, you know, uh, playing with better technique, playing in better phase. It's the, maybe the lack of skill or the lack of you know uh, of high end talent at Penn State, uh, so that it was a little bit more of a cakewalk for us. I think it's also a combination of Jim Knowles putting him in better situations, you know. Uh, but all in all, it's here's the thing: we're climbing a mountain to play against that team up north, right? And we have no no blemishes in the loss column, and neither do they, you know, yeah. rightfully so. But we've overcome two, you know, two of our biggest uh, preseason notches on the belt, which was going up to Notre Dame and hosting these guys, which was, as to your point, and I heard the narrative too all offseason about Penn State, about how, you know, James Franklin, you know, this deep into a system, and it's like finally got the quarterback, you know, instead of like the run first quarterback that can also throw – it's you got a kid that can sling the rock, which is, you know, kind of like James Franklin's, you know, M.O. You yeah. know, coming out of Andy. And and the big, I thought, you know, uh, Tumioloau, you know, balling against what a lot of people think is a top 20 tackle in the NFL draft. Yeah. Um, and so it just, and walking him back to the quarterback and having Aller try to deliver the football, you know, in a, in a you know, in, in a press box, you know, like all un, under pressure, it's just, and you can do it with four. And when you can do it with four, as long as the guys on the back end have great vision and they understand, right, you know, read routes and, and they're coached extremely well and they execute, you, we could see how uncomfortable it made a quarterback. Yeah, you know, there, there was a there was a little play, another play that, uh, you know, it's funny that uh, Tui Moloow got credit for one tackle in that game and it was a sack. But yeah, when you think about how disruptive he was in that game, it was crazy. But I want, I want this is a this is a Jim Knowles and – you know, Tim Walton, uh, Perry Eliano, they're all involved. You know, uh, uh, Larry Johnson, they're all involved in in, in scheming this stuff up. He, you know, James Laurinaitis also. Uh, but there was one one play in particular where uh, Penn State put a tight end over on the uh, over on the uh, uh, Tui Moloow side on one play. This is a play that Tui Moloow made, and uh, and on Fashionau's side, the the uh, the uh, the, the offensive tackle you're talking about, but Jim Knowles or they had Igbenosin step up and go face to face with fashion. You understand what I'm saying? Meaning yeah. that there was no, if they put the tight end over there to help block uh, Tui Moloow, suddenly uh, fashion had a, had a guy in his face Tui Moloow stepped out a little bit farther and had a pass rush against their tight end, which he won decisively. Yeah. You know I mean, that's little bitty games being played within in, the game. Yeah, in, ga in game recognition by the coaches to put the players, you know, elite yeah. players in a position to make a play or to play to their strengths. Yeah. You know, and, and what you do in that situation is you you just force a guy who's a great pass rusher to pass rush. Yeah. Don't think about don't think about getting chipped. Am I going to get chipped? And then the tackle is going to fan to me. It's you make yeah. the little small tweaks. You know, the little X's and that, and that's the one thing that I can also say 
uh, again, you would expect elite coaching, you know, from a, a, a school like Ohio State. But the one thing that I can say, even going back to my time, you know, whether we won the game or lost the game, if for whatever reason uh, a, a plan that you go into a game, either offensively or defensively, is not being executed, and also like maybe they're executing their plan a little bit better than we are, um, I always thought well, when you go into halftime, the the ability of the players at Ohio State uh, intellectually to to soak up what's happening to them, to convey it to their yeah. words to the coaches, the coaches identify it. And then you change you tw- small little tweaks, yeah. small little Ryan Day tweaks, Urban tweaks, Trestle tweaks. You know, on my side, it was you know a small little D'Antonio tweak or a Knowles tweak. That is all the or Kerry Combs tweak. That is yeah. all the difference between how why did we look like this in the first half and how can we look so like even the Maryland game? How can you look so good in the second half? And it's just those little tweaks because when you're Ohio State, when you're Bama, when you're Georgia, when you're Michigan, you're going to get everybody's best shot. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna empty the bag you know, to, to create those first downs. We even saw, you know, the, uh, the, the, what the, re- the reverse pass in the red zone or something, but I mean, desperation, you know, you, you force them to the brink for James Franklin to dig that deep into the bag, into a game that never felt like they were in control of. Yeah. They ran one reverse pass and basically the, the kid had to eat it and got, got knocked out of bounds. And then on the two exactly. point conversion, they tried the same the similar play and Ohio state was all over it. You're exactly right. Hey, let me, uh, let me just break in here a little bit and just uh, do a little little commercial break is what I call it. But uh, folks looking for tickets, man, at the last minute, boy, boy, last week was a hot ticket. This week, Ohio State of Wisconsin could be a hot ticket because I know probably a lot of Ohio State fans are co- going to try to get there. It is a drivable game, as I call it, and uh, and suddenly it's it looms even larger on the uh, Ohio State schedule because Wisconsin had that great come from behind win last week. But, uh, and of course, they're coached by the great Luke Fickle. But uh, gametime.co, the game time app, man, that's the place to go for your last minute tickets. And uh, they've got Ohio State tickets all the way through the season um, coming up. I mean, right on down the line. I mean, I use the game time app. Whenever I need something, whether it's an Ohio State ticket, a Columbus Blue Jacket ticket, whatever it is, a concert ticket, the GameTime app is the place to go. And if you download the GameTime app and you use it, your first purchase, ladies and gentlemen, if you uh, use the code word Buckeyes, you're going to get in. You're going to get $20 off that first purchase. That's a hell of a deal no matter where you're looking. Of course, uh, terms do apply with any kind of like a guarantee and or a special uh, special offer, but the game time app, the game time.co, not, not .com, game time.co on the internet are the places to go to peruse for your last minute tickets, uh, whether they be concerts, uh, football games, heck, major league baseball games, right on down the line. Uh, game time app, the game time.co are the places to go. And remember, you use Buckeyes. In the promo code Buckeyes, if you download the Game Time app and use Buckeyes in the promo code, you get twenty dollars off your first purchase. Hey, maybe save that until the Michigan game. Who knows, right? But uh, the Game Time app, GameTime.co, is increasingly becoming the place to go for those last-minute ticket deals. And uh, Matt Wilhelm, there were a lot of last-minute ticket deals going on in twenty in two thousand and two when you guys were making your run. It was crazy. And just when you thought the uh, the drama was over, it increased, right? Yeah, you, you have the great game at Purdue, and then you come back and have y'all end up having to win your first overtime game at Illinois, and then of course you knock off Michigan with Michigan thrown to the end zone on basically the last play that mattered. Will Allen 
making the interception. But my point is this this team seems to be getting uh, increasingly better. That was my original premise when we started talking here a minute ago, this 2023 team. But right now, coming out of that win over Penn State, uh, beating a top 10 opponent, what what are your still your concerns about this Ohio State football team? Uh, I do have some. Uh, and I think uh, here's the way that I think about because of the result of you know the rivalry the last two years, I look at I kind of reverse engineer, okay, we know what Michigan is, we know what they represent, and like and we how do we how do we we have to go there backwards. And I think we have to keep taking steps. I think uh, for me, and I thought about this on my on my drive to the office to be able to to, to kind of set up for this uh, time with you today is the one thing I think our offense is missing is I think the consistency in the run game that's extremely apparent and I know a lot of that is predicated around the offensive line but I also believe a healthy Travion Henderson is a is a game changer for this offense and here's the reason why I say that is uh, for Mayan Williams to pop off for twenty five to thirty yards because of who he is as a player yeah. Um, things have got to be blocked up darn near perfect to get him into space or to get him right downhill where you, you know, you double team up to a backer and then Mayans right behind, you know, that double team and he, and he pops to get him on a safety. He either runs through the safety or runs around the safety. Travion, and we've seen it throughout his entire career since his freshman year, that Travion needs a crease. It does not take a perfectly blocked up play for Travion to go for 25 or 50 or 75. It just because of his speed, because of his vision, that him in space with any player, a linebacker, a safety, a corner, um, I feel really good about our chances in the run game with Travion in space versus anybody in the country. Um, not so much, I would say, against you know Chip Trainum, uh, the McAllister kid, or or Mayan. They're just they're just different, and I think our offense is fu- our offense functions differently with Travion in the game. And I know that you know Travion can you know can go for three yards in a cloud of dust you know, when it's tough sledding for him too, but you give him the ball one time and he'll go for 75. And I can't say the same for the other three guys, not necessarily. So I think uh, we're missing Travion Henderson. And I think that uh, the one other word that I would say at times uh, about our offense is our offense kind of looks clunky. Um, It just, it can run really smooth, but then we can, you know, we hit a, we, we backfire or, you know, a holding call puts us behind the sticks um, I also think lastly, coming out of this football game and from, from this point forward, uh, everybody's already going to know, you know, and should know who, you know, who and what Marvin Harrison, you know, represents within our offense. I think we're a little bit Marvin dependent now. And I think it's, it's props to Brian Hartline and, and Ryan Day and the offensive staff to scheme him open, especially on those crossing routes to know exactly what Penn State was going to be in and have him run those routes to, you know, move the sticks or score the touchdown the way we did. But yeah. I think we're also making a me- missing a Mecca Buka. Um, and, and I think it's, it's, we need not only one other guy to emerge we, to, and to really like maximize this offense with all this skill. It's uh, a Mecca Buka getting healthy. I think it's the consistency from Julian Fleming or Carnell Tate, uh, you know, the Enos kid, someone else needs to step up. And I think we've, we're getting that through, through Kate Stover. Yeah. But, ev- but awesome. eventually you're going to see, you know, better defenses that are going to be able to like manage Cade uh, and his skill set. But, and I also think that, you know, Cade will be minimized by our inability to run the football because it's going to be straight drop back. And, you know, and I think we're going to get crafty with Cade, but eventually Cade's not going to run by good safeties and good linebackers later in the season. And when I say that. Yeah. Let me interrupt you. Go ahead. 
Yeah. I mean, uh, Cade had a pretty decent game against Notre Dame, and then he had a really good game, you know, in the passing game, I I believe, I mean, with some key moments against Penn State. And I'm I'm just interrupting you only because there's only one other defense. I mean, Penn State had the, quote, number one defense in the country, end quote, going into that game. Yeah. They have some really good performers on the defensive line, linebacker and and the secondary. I mean, right now on Ohio State's schedule, there's only one other team that is comparable to, I think, their defense. Uh, and it, it is Michigan. And, you know, you know, my, my famous line is nobody covers the tight end, at least on yeah. a consistent basis. Although Ohio State did a damn good job of it Saturday. Uh, took away their tight ends, which was key. Josh Proctor especially jumped in there with some uh, key – some key coverage on those things. But my point is, uh, like you just pointed out, if they get a Mecca Buka back, then I, I'm under the impression that he's got a high ankle sprain. I don't know if you ever had one of those, but they're not. not but, I, but I know it's worse than a break oh, yeah. in most cases. Yeah, because you just you can tweak it at any moment. You know, you saw what happened to the Duke quarterback against Florida yep. State on Saturday night, same thing. Uh, he tweaked it again, you know, after getting it hurt against Notre Dame. Uh, but my point is uh, – I have no problems with them leaning on Marvin Harrison Jr. It's likely his last year at Ohio State. If he was a great running back, they'd be leaning on him, right? And uh, they well, they, and all and all wait, I'm wait, saying, they, they were bound they were bound and determined to take Marvin Harrison Jr. away on Saturday, and in the key moments, they could not do it. Go ahead. Sure, no, no, and I, I, I and I completely understand that. I the my my biggest issue, and I'm just looking down the road. And again, yeah. when I when I say look down the road, I'm not looking at uh, at Wisconsin and Rutgers and Minnesota and Michigan State. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. My my eyes completely go to the number two team in the country, that team up north, and then potentially if we handle business that day, it's the college football playoff. You know yeah. what the, what that what that would look like against. Florida State, Oklahoma, or Georgia, I'm or, or that te- or that team up north. That's where my eyes go because I'm just saying it's. I don't believe it's sustainable. Although Penn State went out of their way to to you know minimize Marvin and you know and and whether they bracketed him or whatever they did, it's the where he's most dangerous is when our offense is extremely balanced. That means Ibuka oh, yeah. can move. Ibuka can move the chains. Kate Stover can move the chains. Our run game can move the chains, and Marvin Maserati Marvin. Marv can be Maserati Marv. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, which, I'm is naturally, which is naturally going to show up. And I think that balanced offense can beat the team up north. That yeah. balanced offense can beat anybody we play in the first round and potentially compete with Georgia as we saw a balanced offense last year with C.J. Stroud. The one last thing I will say, and I thought about this as well on my drive-in, um, when it comes to that clunky aspect of the offense, which I'm sure has a lot of uh, – Buckeye fans are grateful to get the 20 to 12 victory over Penn state continue to stay number three in the country. But I think our expectations as fans, and I'll say my expectation as a former player is we're so used to over the last two years, I'll say over the last five years with the quarterbacks that we've had within this offense with Ryan day, either as head coach or play caller, we're so used to things looking smooth and easy with fields and with Stroud and with, you know, with yeah. Haskins. And before that it was JT Barrett and it was, four touchdowns and 400 yards almost every week. And you walk out and you're like, you leave at the end of the third quarter. Cause it really wasn't even entertaining anymore. But that's not us right now. Kyle McCord is, is, is winning football games. He is, he is 
continuing to grow, continuing to get better each and every week. I think the coaches and Kyle and we as a fan base are continuing to learn about him as a player uh, on what his capabilities are. And I think it's because it doesn't look like what it looked like with Stroud or with Justin Fields. We're a little like, again, I have that clunky feeling about it, but like when it's good, which I think is it's coming. And I think we've got four more opportunities before we play that team up North, you know, up there in the butthole or whatever the hell it's called. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's we need to Wait, it's to BH. It's B BH stands for a big house, not butthole. But go ahead. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, way to pick up on that. But yeah. I just think uh Kyle McCord, it seems pedestrian, you know, what Kyle's doing, but he's winning football games, he's managing the games. And I think that it's still a work in progress. Here's here's my analogy. He kind of reminds me of a pitcher who starts off either throwing strikes. Or doesn't, but then finds it, you know, finds the strike yeah. zone. Or mid in, mid inning. Mid yeah, he starts yeah. off throwing strikes and then he loses it in a couple of mid innings, but you but you stay with him because you know he's probably gonna find it. You know, that's kind of what he because Saturday, man, there were four or five throws there in the first half that were if they had been a little more on point, uh Ohio State, you know, not that they were necessarily blown out. Penn State, but they would have gotten a couple more scores possibly, and you kind of go, you know, but when you need a clutch throw, he hits Marvin Harrison Jr. on the run, on the go, on those mesh routes. You know, and, those, and let, let me say this, Tim. This is my, my last uh, my last little, like, shtick when it comes to Kyle McCord. If everything that Ryan Day has been criticized for is not being tough. Yeah. And, and, and we're being a little too pretty and a little too flashy, and so – to go back to you know Ryan Day's uh, you know I don't know what do you call it, tirade after yeah. the uh, the Notre Dame game right about Ohio yes. versus the world He's and this, is a, tough, this yeah. is a tough group and and all these other things maybe maybe it's okay for Kyle to be this like clunkier not so clean and sexy you know super five star uh, you know in the passing game and really embracing like this team is firing right now between the offense and defense and, and they're, they're winning games. It's not what we as Buckeye fans have gotten so used to in the past, uh, but maybe he's embracing the, his head coach and, and being, you know, that type of game. We'd all love it to be clean. We'd all love it to be super sexy, you know, and, uh, and, and the 400 yards and four touchdowns, uh, but it's not. And I, and I, and I don't see that happening. You know, you can't just turn a page and have that happen tomorrow against Wisconsin. Uh, especially up there in Camp Randall, yeah. but let's just embrace let's embrace the growth, embrace the fact that there's no blemishes on our schedule, and that if we continue to stay hungry and play with the toughness that we've seen exuded, it just chip away, chip away, chip away, and we enter you know that game, the rivalry, uh, exactly where we need to be. Yeah, as I pointed out in a video earlier this week, this is a team that's getting better every week in some form or fashion. You can see it. One quickie before you go, Matt. You know how much I love having you on here, man. Uh, fourth and two at the goal, near the goal line. Ohio State elects to go for it. Uh, just got stuffed on third down, uh, third and one. One guy missed a block on that play. And, it, you know, it wasn't the – well, it was caged over. was a little bit late coming off the ball, whereas the offensive line got a great push, except for caged over was late. And that's, of course, where the guy came and got yep. Mayan Williams in the backfield. Fourth and two, wide bubble screen, whatever you want to call it, wide screen – to the right. Uh, I'm not a fan. Number one, I'm not a fan of not, of, of not taking points. 
uh, there, which is a field goal and stacking some points up. That's my term, stacking points in a what is a close football game. Every point matters, uh, just like at Notre Dame. I wasn't a fan of that. But then to throw that wide screen, which in essence is a running play. <laughs> right? Yes, yes. Uh, and then that Penn State, you know, any great defense, and I think Penn State's got a damn good defense, is really good on the run. You know, I mean, they have speed. And the way yes. they covered that up, and thwart, I, you know, I, I'm not a fan of that. I'm a fan of taking points. But, uh, you know, what do you think about coaches all around the country right now are going for it and a lot of times really failing uh, in those. In yeah, those I'm a little I'm a little conflicted in regards to because I understand the mentality of going for it. Yeah. And what that means and going up two scores to a team that has basically had, you know, a, you know no offensive success against you. Well, actually, it would have gone uh, up a touchdown. They would have gone up an equivalent of a touchdown. It was 10 to 6. Well, you know? scoring, yeah. but I meant going for it and scoring. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kicking the field goal, you're up, you're up a touchdown. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, so, I, I mean, it's going up two scores. There's a mentality of that firm belief on your defense is good. And I think Joel Klatt mentioned this in the broadcast is like yeah. you go up two scores. You don't believe that Drew Aller in this offense with the way that your defense is playing can score two times on you without you scoring again to stay to stay ahead. Yeah. Um, good point. But I do think but I do think there's something to be said. And it's it's not even so much, you know, around the country. It's. Why go lateral? Like, why are you going sideways? You know, but, and I think it's maybe a clear indication that there's just not a firm belief in that offensive line to be able to get the job done that you're, you'd rather use space and your great playmakers and get into the football. Again, the fly sweep to Mecca at Notre Dame, you know, on fourth down. And now we, and now we bubble it out there and you rely upon, you know, your receivers to get blocks uh, to your point on aggressive Penn state defenders who can run. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm not a fan of it. And I think that, uh, uh, again, I'm sure there's, you know, probably a little bit of hindsight from Ryan Day. There's a little bit of frustration uh, in the fact that he can't just run the ball and go get those two yards the way that he probably had in past or way that maybe even when he was a play caller and Urban used to do in the past. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't get it. And it's, it's frustrating. But I, I do think that there's something to be said about uh, a road team going down two scores at that juncture in the game, that is attractive for a head coach. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I know everything he's thinking. I'm just, I'm just saying Tim may, I would have kicked the field goal there I, because my defense is playing really good, whether they're, whether they're coming out at the two yard line or they're coming out at, starting at the 25 yard line, it didn't make right. a whole lot of difference on Saturday. Correct. And it's still the way this defense was playing. And I'm, and now I'm up a touchdown instead of up uh, four points. Uh, I mean, I'm not. Believe me, I'm a, I'm a, I'm aggressive. I, you know, my my big line. You knew this when you were playing. I used to tell you, when in doubt, air it out. I mean, that's my big line. But, but there comes a time where you just stack points, and it came back to haunt them against Notre Dame uh, in the in the fourth quarter because you would have had a, a couple of a uh, uh, couple more field goals there, and it just came back to haunt them a little bit against Penn State because, like I said, Penn State scored at the end. And they were kicking an onside kick to try to get the ball back with 25 yeah. seconds left. Well, the, you the think biggest, it happened the, in college football. And they were you're absolutely right. Yeah. And I think the biggest the biggest concern is that fact that no matter what Ryan Day, when he looks down at that call sheet, he doesn't believe that there's something within the tackles, you know, that he can do that is going to get him those two yards. Well, something he just tried him, it. Yeah. He had just tried correct. it to play before. Yeah. Something yeah. gives him a little bit of indecision, whether it's, you know, I can't attack, the, I can't attack this way because it's either like my guy can't or their guy will. 
and I can't do this and I can't, you know, and I know these linebackers that I can't put a little chum in front of them. And they're not going to jump at the bait so I can throw it behind them, you know, whatever. There's something to be said about, again, it's props to the Penn State defense in that situation for, yeah. you know, on film scaring us out of attacking them or our inability to attack so much so that we had to go wide. Yeah. I'm just, uh, I guess uh, real quick before we go, I, I, I just hope that didn't come off the two point uh, attempt, you know, sheet. You know what I mean? Everybody, yeah. Because right. I'm not a fan. But anyway, it is what it is. Ryan Day, I think, has done a hell of a job. You heard me facetiously ask him after the game. I go, I was going to ask you uh, about the the toughness of this team to improve something, but I want to get you going again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, And he probably would. This is a tough football team. There's no doubt about it. Agreed? Uh, Agreed. And I just think it's – when you look back at the, uh, you know, the just the box scores, you know, of of the Buckeye games – and. And for me, as a defender, you look at the, the points that we've given up, you know, double digits, you know, but nothing more than 17 points all season long. And, yeah. the, and you feel with Kyle McCord, with Maserati Marv, you get a, a healthy Travion Henderson, you get an offensive line that's growing, you get a, a Mecca back and Cade that we're going to be OK. I just want to see it happen, you know, in these next two or three to get another game or two rolling. And then we yeah. roll into, you know, that uh, the, the butthole. Uh, and, and have an opportunity to win that game. Yeah, and by the way, you're used to, like, playing uh, on defense with an offense that uh, didn't exactly light up the scoreboard every week, you know, in 2002. That was just when it came time to make a play, as you started off this whole thing with, you guys made plays. And uh, I think this offense, this this team is looking very similar. Hey, Matt Wilhelm, as usual, my man, thanks for bringing it on the Tim Mason. My pleasure, bro. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Until next week, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you then. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.